We're back in Junior Prospect Hockey League, Western Canada's newest developmental stream for student athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level at JuniorProspectHockeyLeague.com. Speaking with Mike McMahon, College Hockey Insider. Read his substack, the College Hockey Insider. Again, uh, great updates on what's going on in college hockey as well. He is a senior writer for the College Hockey News as well. We're going to, in this segment, uh, once again, we're going to talk about drafted players in college hockey. And right off the top, I want to get your thoughts on Scott Morrow at UMass, Carolina Hurricanes draft pick, second round 40th overall in 2021. And one of the interesting things like about him, so obviously he came from Shattuck St. Mary's system. I think he played there five years. Like he went from 2016 to 2021. And then he went, you know, played six games with Fargo and USHL, two with Youngstown. So got about eight games in there, but then jumped directly into college hockey. And one of my concerns always is, is the number of games played, Mike, before you have to play pro. Like, it gets really high-level competition. Nothing against St. Mary's, but they are a U.S. like prep school. And mm. the level of competition they face is not exactly this. It's not close to what the USHL is. So I'm always like, uh, those kind of players, I want them to play that third year. And Scott Morrow is. And look, and to his credit, you know, his first two years – in terms of offensive production, and that's what he is, he's an offensive defenseman, have been excellent um, in his freshman and sophomore year. And he continues that trend. Like in five games so far as we've recorded this, he's got seven points. So once again, he's leaning you know, heavily in the high, you know, high offensive production. Yeah, and that's what they need out of him. They need him to be an offensive driver, even though he's playing on the back end. They've needed him to do that since his freshman year, really. Yeah. Um, but I think even more so this year, when you look at again, like some of the turnover and roster, the guys that they lost. I mean, there's they had some recruits that that bailed last minute, you know, a couple of years ago. So I, I think they envisioned this class being a little bit different than it ended up being. Uh, but now he's really become he's been an offensive driver since his freshman year, 13 goals as a freshman as a defenseman. But uh, I think even more so this year, they're going to rely on him to to provide that offense. And also, his role has changed a little bit because they are so much of a younger team at UMass now. They're playing really well but it's a lot of freshmen and it's a lot of sophomores. And even the juniors that they have are juniors that are moving into different roles. Uh, even some drafted players that, that are maybe playing were bottom six players their first two years. Now they're, they're taking a step up playing a top six role. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of nuance going on there where guys are going into different roles. They got younger guys. They're going to rely on him not only to, to be an offensive driver, but I think to kind of be the glue that holds that team together from a leadership standpoint, because he is one of the older guys now. Um, so I, I think, you know, he's, He's really, uh, what's to say, he's a straw that that stirs the drink there in, in a lot of ways. I think in a lot of different ways. How much do you think they're going to have to start relying on him to be more of a defensive stalwart? I mean, that's not his natural game. Of course, he plays defense. He's a defenseman. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're great in that area. And he's good, but he's not a Nick. You know, he's not a Brock Faber kind of defensive defenseman, of course. Uh, but how much more of that is going to be, you think he's going to be relied upon Oh, big time. Even more so because of the minutes that he's going to play. I mean, you're talking about a guy, I don't know what his minutes are this year, but I wouldn't be surprised to find out if they were 25, 26 minutes a game. He's going to be out there a lot, you know, so uh, he can't he can't be a liability in his own end uh, because of the number of minutes he needs to play. And I, I wonder, too, if that's part of the reason why uh, why he is back for that third year. There's a lot of different reasons, but that could be a big one. Uh, so that tighten up things in your own end so that you are ready 
to be that two-way defenseman when you transition to pro hockey. Uh, probably still going to need some seasoning, you know, at the AHL level, but at least you've you've had a little bit more experience. You've you're not just a guy that's so programmed offense, offense, offense. You, you need to have a little bit in today's NHL. You need to be able to play both sides of the ice, and I think that could be a reason why he came back too, to to really refine that part of his game. Thoughts on Jack Pert? You know, another defenseman in, in that respect from St. Cloud State, Minnesota Wild draft pick, fifty fourth overall. In 2021, not the biggest guy at 5'11", probably 185 to 190 pounds, you know, and smaller defensemen don't generally survive or thrive in the NHL. But obviously, he's a really smart player, played at two World Juniors. You know, he's reliable and coaches rely on him. So what do you think he needs to do with this stage in his college career? What are the net things that you want to see out of him before he turns pro? Because that's going to be a big step for him. I, I think if I were in his shoes, and it's the same, I would say to obviously a lot of smaller defensemen, what would be to try to take the the Tory Krug blueprint and copy that as much as you can. And when you look at Krug, it's like, well, smaller guy, but he's strong. You know, he's yeah. physically strong. He's not, it's, he might be a smaller guy, but he can throw his weight around when he has to. He's, he's still good in the corners. Like just physically, he's a really strong player. He's got a really strong base. Uh, that's where I think if you're a guy like Pert, again, a little bit undersized, bigger than Krug, but a little bit undersized by NHL standards, you have to start there. You're not going to be able to get pushed around. Uh, and, and he hasn't been. I mean, playing the NCH is going to help him in that regard because you're playing against, you know, men. You're playing against big, strong guys almost on a nightly basis older players too. Uh, I think that's going to help him offensively. He's good. You know, he's off to a little bit of a slow start this year, but offensively he's good. Uh, I, I think someone in his shoes though, you, you want to look at, okay, how did, how did Tory crew get from point A to point B, uh, you know, in his career going from college to the NHL. And, and I think if you're a guy like Pert or, or any defenseman who in college hockey, who's under six feet tall, that's the, that's you want to try to get that blueprint and follow it as best you can. It's easier said than done, but that's, that's the way to go. You know, as much as we like to talk about, you know, smaller players, you know, filtrating into the NHL, that may be true at the forward ranks, but it's not true at defensive ranks. And you look at the defense cores of teams that make it through the NHL playoffs, you know, they, they can afford to have a, one smaller defenseman, but that's generally it. And the rest yeah. is, you know, they're going to have to be bigger. You look at, you know, St. Louis's blue line, you look at Tampa's blue line when they won, you look at Vegas's blue line. You know, Colorado wasn't as big as those other three, but they still had some pretty big guys. So, you know, there's there's that as well. So uh, last player. we I mean, look at talk- Boston. Right. Boston's- I was going to say, look at Boston last year. I mean, Matt Grizzlick was a regular in the lineup all year long. Get to the playoffs. I, I don't know how many games he played in that series against Florida, but it wasn't many. Maybe two. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's just you get ground down, you know, and you fight like a dog. And I love the guys like Jared Spurgeon. You know, excellent defenseman, but you know, those guys are, are rarities. Jackson Blake from North Dakota, Carolina Hurricanes, fourth round pick. Thoughts on him overall in terms of what he could be doing moving forward? Dynamic player for North Dakota and a, and a big one for them to get back, I thought. I mean, that, that's a North Dakota team yeah. that I think is pretty good. Uh, I think they're going to be in the tournament this year. You know, they, they missed it last year, but I think they're going to be back in it this year. Uh, there's a lot of components why they really rebuilt their D and the transfer portal. And yeah. I think they were able to focus on the back end and Ludwig person who they got as a transfer from Miami to lock down their, their, their goaltending position. I think 
you know, they felt they were able to focus on the back end and the goaltender and what they needed to address because Blake was coming back. And I mean, again, 42 points as a freshman last year yeah, in no, the NCHC, right? Yeah, that's, like yeah, that, that's tough. Not easy to do. And, and he's in August birthday. So, I mean, he, he turned 19 years old, but he didn't turn 19 years old until just before the season started yeah. and was 19 years old for the entire season last year. So it's not like he's coming in as a 21 year old freshman either. Uh, not the biggest guy in the world, super skilled. And now you know, he was relied on by, by the time we got to Christmas last year, it was pretty evident that he was going to be relied upon every night to, to provide some offense for that team. Yeah. But I think even more so now there's, there's a little bit of pressure coming into the year because uh, they they do have some older players. They got like Hunter Johannes out of the portal, and he's a grad student. And Cameron Burke came over from Omaha, but still, Blake, even as a sophomore, uh, is going to be a guy that they're going to look at and say, "Look, we we need you to drive us," you know, especially offensively. Uh, and he's done he's done well. Three points so far in four games leads the team in shots. Uh, he's playing a very similar game that he played last year. I think most guys, freshman to sophomore year across college hockey the one thing that they find especially the younger guys the guys that are 18 or 19 when they're freshmen uh, i think they find hey i've got to get physically stronger if i'm going to be able to last the full season because you don't need to be necessarily when you're when you're playing juniors uh, you're playing guys that are the same age and same size as you uh, blake is a guy that i think w- could benefit and, and probably will benefit this year to that summer he spent in the weight room and getting a little bit physically stronger yeah it certainly is a fourth round pick from Carolina, 109th overall in 2021. And I thought he acquitted himself really well at the World Juniors from that respect as well. So I'm curious to see how that develops. Like, there's only 15 players on average from, you know, the fourth to seventh rounds that play more than two games in the NHL at any given draft. So is he one of them? I think the longer he plays in North Dakota, he gets another year under his belt, gets three years, and then goes to pro. I think that will be, you know, really important for him. Uh, but want to thank Mike very much for coming to the show once again. Always appreciate it. We're going to take a short break on Hockey Prospect Radio, and we'll be right back. <laughs> 